That was a dark, kind of disturbing, kind of sad episode. Definitely the most upsetting part to me was Damon's haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to figure out why they did that. Was that supposed to just indicate passage of time again? Or I know in some cultures there's a tradition of kind of marking a new beginning, a new life, starting over, however you want to talk about it. You cut your hair. Um, So maybe that's a piece of it. But I I just, it's so different in that Well, he looked badass before. Now he just looks kind of not badass. (laughs) (laughs) It looks, yeah, it just looked like he needed some... His lack of eyebrows are even more stark. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, while he's a king now, or at least briefly was, so I guess that's, you know, marks the transition you're talking about. But he walks into the throne room in front of all the court wearing a crown. Even if it's made from driftwood or whatever it's made from, it's a pretty bold mood. But he, right away, as soon as he was questioned, he, he really, like he showed where his loyalty was. Well, we are discussing Season 1, Episode 4, The King of the Narrow Sea. That's the name of this episode. So that's in reference to Damon, obviously, being kinged and giving up his, his kingdom right away. But despite all, despite showing up, wearing that crown and everything, Viserys is pretty open to accepting him right back in. He's got to posture and make it look tough. And he's also got to make sure Damon's not, you know, being a bad guy here. But then he... Yeah, he can't make him look weak in front of the whole court. Right. But then he welcomes them right back in. Yeah, I definitely got the sense that these brothers have been through this before. It, it's just the cycle. <laughs> Two episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, but their whole lifetimes. Yeah. And there's even just that scene where he's like, Mother always said you were her favorite. And Yeah, I mean, Viserys loves his brother. And it's, it is sad that his brother keeps screwing up. <laughs> the way they hugged each other. You could just see that love. Yeah. I take it that this is about a year after the last episode. Yeah, at some point they said that uh, Aegon was three. And Rhaenyra is on tour <laughs> to meet all of her potential suitors. She doesn't like it at all. I mean, they did a good job of making it pretty absurd. Yeah. It is ridiculous. I don't know if Lanor has been discussed with her but that at, up to this point. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like they'll save a bunch of time and effort then going around and trying to meet all these people. And, you know, Viserys in the last episode said, go find him. But this isn't really how you find someone. No, this this sounds actually like the king hasn't picked someone yet. So he's putting on this tour and making her go on it. it it's very anti-Renera of how she would find her, her mate. As we saw this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess the, the big thing, right, is it all revolves around this kind of loss of innocence, I guess. Um, or the the becoming a woman, whatever, however you want to phrase it. But this was a big step in Rhaenyra's progression. And I, th- I thought the episode name would be something like that. I just looked it up this morning and it was King of the Narrow Sea, which is obviously about Damon. But it really did revolve around Rhaenyra. Well, Sing- Damon comes back and makes some pretty big moves. So Yeah. You know, he takes her... It's not just the sex part. And by far, to me, the best part of the episode is just getting to see King's Landing. And what it's like. And there's just so much going on and so many interesting things. I had some anxiety watching all that because clearly they're not going to off the main characters. But I was like, man, that is so dangerous and the risk that yeah. they're doing. Obviously, their plot armor is thick at this point, so nothing's going to happen. But yeah. it's still, it was, the whole episode was filmed like dark and it, the King's Landing stuff was like eerie. Like it, 
was kind of cool looking and fun, but there's a lot of disturbing scenes in the background, and not just yeah. sexual stuff. You see people getting mugged. There's you know orgies everywhere. There's people doing magic trips, and the guy walking the <laughs> type wire. I liked it a lot, and you don't um, see a lot of that in this show, or at least in Game of Thrones. Of you, you see like the everyday peasant life on the farm and stuff, but you don't get that many shots of what's the, the insides of King's Landing, unless yeah, there's the, the, the riot and stuff like that. Yeah, the urban peasants. I mean, I think they probably upped it a little bit here for this scene for what we got to see that little tour but yeah this was I, a saturday night for sure not a tuesday night <laughs> right and but i in some ways though i don't think it's super far off and i appreciated it though because it shows Renera that this life continues every day and she very easily discounted the peasants opinions and damon was like nah, i'd be careful about that yeah which i think is actually a really important point for any future leader who wants to discount uh, the people who are in the same class system as, as the, the royalty. Well, and this does remind me of in Game of Thrones, when we did see King's Landing, there was a big riot. And basically, Joffrey discounted everyone, and then they, yep. they started going nuts, you know, and yep. the hound had to save them. Well, Damon clearly knew how to navigate this territory. We even find out in this discussion later with the king that they've been doing that since they were teenagers. At some point, series obviously became someone and stopped doing that. But Damon is very familiar with this world, and he, they have the discussion earlier, yeah, marriage is about duty, but you can still do whatever you want. And Rhaenyra is seeing it as a prison, and Alicent is showing it as a prison, um, but, but Damon's like, it doesn't have to be. But the ironic part is that Damon is still a little bit in prison to his wife that he keeps referring to. Like, not completely, but when he tries to marry Rhaenyra later, Viserys had a built-in excuse. Like, obviously he was going to deny it, but he's like, you're still married. You know, so even this guy who flaunts everything about it is still a little bit trapped here. Given the indication that you just get married, like just do it, it doesn't matter, and then you can do whatever you want. Right. And obviously a big point here is that a man's world and a woman's world is completely different here. So it's easy for him to say. Right. He could say it. He's still not completely free, but he does get a lot of freedom that she doesn't get. I mean, what happened in this episode totally changed the whole course of where the show is going just because of some sexy time, <laughs> you know? Um, I did think of Arya a little bit when Rhaenyra was sneaking out and she goes by... Boy. They call her boy. Like Arya. Yeah, and, and also like one being dressed in a way where they're less recognizable, um, but just even the way that that whole system is connected, it takes them into that, that skull room. Yeah, that skull room is in Game of Thrones, but there's no skull in there. Is that Balerion the Dread? What's his name? Yeah, that's Balerion the Black Dread, I believe. But by the time it gets to Game of Thrones, there's a lot of plotting that happens in that room. That's where Varys likes to meet and stuff. But the Right, and that's where Arya overheard some people talking. Right, but Robert had that skull removed because he hates dragons and Targaryens. So that's why it's not in Game of Thrones. Damon takes her on a little, this is what the world is like to her, and... It's getting her worked up, <laughs> like bringing her into a very sexually explicit area and explains to her that sex is not just duty, it's fun and pleasurable. Look at all these people who are having fun. and Which he could have done a lot of that without it becoming what it did. They could have been much more clandestine about it. He could have just offered for her to see some of these things where a bunch of people are enjoying themselves and it's not just duty. Like it could have been... <laughs> more educational in some ways. I mean, he knows all the people at the pleasure houses. He could have paid for a private showing where there would be a lot more protection for her. 
But uh, he wanted her to see it raw. He wanted oh, her to see I, what, I think, what reality is. I think he was drawn to her yeah. and wanted to kind of see what would happen. And then he, he went for it. And, and she was responsive, which I don't... I think he had hoped for, but... It's a risky move, for sure. But, you know, take a girl out, get her liquored up. <laughs> um, but then it doesn't work out for him, so I'm assuming this is the same issue he had with Masaria in episode one. Oh, I, that never even occurred to me. Interesting. Because he was frustrated at the end of, of their meeting. So I assumed he couldn't get it up, and that's why the thing stopped. Oh, yeah, honestly, that never occurred to me. I, I thought he had a, a pang of conscience and, mm. and decided to stop before. Because my understanding is they didn't take it all the way. They it, were, right. They were getting very close. Here's where I'm very confused. If she had started the episode A Maiden... It did not seem obvious to me. That she was had never done anything before? Yes. Yeah. I actually even thought when she and, and Sir Kristen Cole got together, like, yeah, she oh, looks, she's done this before, clearly. Strange. I don't know if that's just like a glossing over to make it fun for people, but that whole scene, she was just so, she knew what she was doing. She was confident. You don't know what you don't know. Right, And, yeah. and just because you've seen it a little bit, you know, when you walk through King's Landing there, like, I, overall, I don't think she's been super exposed. I'm sure she's seen it here and there over her lifetime, but I don't think she, like, so I, I was like, wait, are they telling us that she's actually been doing this for a while? So I, I still don't know the answer to that. If she started the episode of Maiden and then wasn't one, or if she's actually hasn't been for a while and she's just been doing this in the background. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just, she's a Maiden and... So if we go with that... She's just a pro I think Damon knew that then. Yeah. And didn't want her first time with him. I don't think he cared that it was him. I think he he might have cared the circumstances in her because he knew he knew better and he knew that she didn't. So I took it as he stopped himself at the last moment before he wouldn't be able to stop himself. When we do our deep dive, we'll maybe get a better impression of what it was. But I definitely had the ED thought. She leaves there with a major case of blue balls. Well, she's rejected. So yeah. you're making it sound like a, a physical thing, but I actually think it might be both physical and an emotional one. She feels rejected because she went along with it and then kind of was all about it. And I think it was especially hurtful to be rejected by her uncle. Well, whatever the physical, mental combination of being unfulfilled, that's the way she was. And then on her way home, she runs into Howland strong <laughs> was like a cop walking his beat you remember that scene oh i um, didn't know who he, that was yes yeah, uh, Har- harwin she said sir harwin and oh, okay. um so just a brief scene but that was somebody important um that's lionel strong's son <clears throat> and then she goes home and seduces Kristen cole like a pro as a book reader i couldn't have told you that this was going to happen i could have told you what might have happened so it's really interesting the way this story is told in the book it's a history book written generations later, and it has information from three different sources. And all three different sources say something different about what happened here. So you don't, as a book reader, actually know. Should I not know who these sources are? It doesn't matter. They're not in the... One, okay. of, one of them's a septon, one of them's a maester, and one of them is a, a, the court jester. And these are the sources for the history that comes to us as a book reader. Okay. So they all say something different about what happened here. And so I genuinely did not know. I thought Cole was going to reject her. 
Um, I thought he was going to have his knight's vows and be strong. But doesn't mean that they adapted it wrong. That's just the way the book is told. You just yeah. don't know exactly what Well, you said that there's a lot of fleshing out that's going to be happening, yeah. and this might be one of the ways that it's being fleshed out. And this has a lot of... They had some creative choices here. Now, I know GRM is um, advising them and stuff. They could have told this episode many, many different ways and still have been consistent with the book. Okay. So that's nice as a viewer that I, I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen. I remember when this episode started, I was thinking about the previous three episodes and how you and I have commented quite a lot on the looks so there, uh, or some glances. And we talked about Damon and Rhaenyra. We talked about Kristen Cole and Rhaenyra. And so part of me was like, man... I wonder if they're just kind of leading us this way and it's actually not going to take us anywhere because it's just too obvious. And then this episode happened with both of them (laughs) and I was like, nope, they were definitely setting it up for us here. (laughs) Right, it makes you think that you should should notice more looks for more people. (laughs) Well, it just got me wondering, like, am I just trying to read into anything with this show right i was trying to see because we watch the show different than we watch any other show when you're right. when you're reviewing it you watch much more closely than when, when you you're just taking it in and you yeah. want to start creating theories and you don't really care when you're wrong with your theories but you really love it when you're you're on and well there and we, yep they were both correct but it was was starting to feel a bit obvious to me especially with sir Kristen cole where i was almost like you know i wonder if they're they're just, again, they're leading you one way, but that's not really where... Well, and I perhaps fell for it more than anyone else, even though I've read the books. I thought Cole was going to deny her. And the story still could have been told. So that's the crazy part. And you'll figure that out in future episodes, why I'm saying it this way. I had liked the episode. I liked it quite a bit, actually. Even, like, it was weird. It was, it was kind of, like, spooky and dark and, like, haunting. And I thought about it, like, after we turned it off and went to bed, I thought about it for a while, which I don't always do, so... I liked that it was different. It, it stayed with me as well. And I was trying to figure out why. And is it because it does a good job of hitting some of the, some of the most common emotions that people can relate to that can stick with you? So like surprise or disgust. I don't think anybody's surprised by the Rhaenyra Damon piece. That family, like even uh, Viserys, doesn't really care about the fact that it's incestuous. He right. cares more about how it looks and how it was done. And it was behind his back and, and like in terms of appearance and for Rhaenyra's reputation. Well, so, if Damon wasn't such a nut job, he would actually be a logical match, you know, up there with Leonor or her other choices, right? But he's too much of a loose cannon, so can't do that. I really liked the editing where Rhaenyra is having her trysts and they are filled with passion, um, even like right up until before Damon leaves her. Like both of these interludes that she has, they're very enjoyable for the parties involved before they end. Uh, and but then the one with Viserys and, and Alicent is is a bit painful to watch. There's even one point where I think he looks at her and she smiles a little bit, almost like. Well, he like turned her head toward her so that like he wanted more passion than he was getting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we can discuss that more in the deep dive, but up till this point, I had been under the impression that the feeling was kind of mutual in some regards, but this just looked like Alicent wasn't into it, this at all. Well, love is a lot of things. Right. And and she was having a, a bit of a lonely crisis in this episode that we hadn't heard of before. Yeah. So that, it could just be this moment, but also this is what 
I think if Viserys was on the edge of whether or not to boot Otto as a hand, this loveless lovemaking session might have pushed him over the edge. Because now he's thinking like, God, does Alicent really love me or is this pure calculation? Something, so something funny. like I, that. I did not even think about any of that at all or anything. What I would offer is in this episode, we were told like Damon and Viserys, they go out through King's Landing and they got a lot of sexual experience and they probably, like not just doing it, but they probably got some teachings along the way. Alicent was never taught in any way anything about how to be in the bedroom. As far as she knows, she's... And, and actually, sometimes when they are taught, you're taught to just lie there and do your duty. And so I think you might be overreading that. I think she's actually quite normal, and that's what you do. I think she loves him. I just think she just doesn't like having sex with him. And that's not uncommon even in our age. So the sexual experience for men and women, I think, depends on a lot of things. But remember, she got married at 15 years old and has already had at least two kids. So... She's basically pregnant all the time and knows that she can get pregnant from these connections with her king. And, and time. I was surprised when she was holding the crying baby because they have a lot of staff there. If she doesn't want to touch the baby at all, I don't think she has to. But I think what the show is trying to say is she's very isolated. She's this young mom. She doesn't have friends anymore. She doesn't know what her identity is. She's lonely. Yeah, and then I guess the other big thing that happens is just that Otto loses status as the hand. Ironically, it was for being truthful. It's pretty much confirmed that he is the proto-master of whisperers. You know, there doesn't seem to be that station in this story, but he is truthful that. Truthful as far as he knew it. But again, my understanding is that Damon and Rhaenyra, they made out against a wall, and they made it to... Well, a little boy spying on him can be forgiven for thinking that they actually did it. But, they... but there's a big difference here with this one. Of saying that they were actually coupling when they hadn't. Because the difference is whether or not she's still a maiden. Yeah. But we really see Otto agonize outside the door about whether or not to report this. And so he reports it. And nobody told Viserys otherwise. It wasn't denied by Rhaenyra or Damon or anybody else. So while it might not be 100% accurate... As far as everyone in the story knows, except for Renera and Damon, it is accurate and nobody has corrected it. Anyway, I didn't think Otto did anything wrong here. But did he have to tell the king? Couldn't he have just left it? Well, and he says that he thought about, he considered that. Yeah, um, but that's what he says he, he thought about. We don't actually know. He might have just been trying to get himself like hyped up for a difficult conversation, but it's not like he's, it's a matter of conscience for him. Um, I think he did the right thing. So it sucks. He, he didn't want to do it. Or I think he could have just said she snuck out last night and was spotted, you know, in King's Landing. And But if all this gets back to somebody before it gets to the king or something like that, Viserys is all upset because this could, could spoil everything if it's true. And again, nobody denied it. Where I will give it to Otto's, he did do it before small council. He didn't bring it up at the small council in front of everybody. Yeah, I just think he had no choice but to do it. And it was uncomfortable and it cost him his job. But, again, he was playing the game too. And Viserys recognized this. Oh, and he's been playing it hard. We've seen it in several episodes here of all the little things like, oh, the white heart. And, you know, like that's not that hard to read into. Well, so let's say who's 
Who's winning and losing this episode, the Game of Thrones? Uh, so I think the losers for me are High Towers, both of them. Allison, because she's not playing enough and she's pretty miserable. And it's pretty much all she's got now is to start playing. And I'm wondering if this is a setup for her to start playing down the line um, because this sucks for her. I, I guess I'll go for the winner, actually, Damon, because he's being consistent with his character. It's not like he's all of a sudden that different, even though Rhaenyra said he might be a little bit more mature. He makes a move with Rhaenyra that I have a feeling there will be a lot of consequences with this down the line that might work out for him. And even when uh, Viserys comes and talks to him in the throne room, I'll put talk in quotes, Damon just goes for it right away. He doesn't hide from anything. He lies about them actually coming together, but he goes for it and be like, let me marry her. I want her. He doesn't hide any of it. He comes right out. And so he's playing too. I don't think he's playing for the throne. I think he is playing for the house to be powerful, which is essentially what he says. Yeah, when Viserys says, you know, you're ambitious, want the throne or whatever, Damon, for like the fifth time in the show, doesn't say anything. I'm going to say everyone loses. <laughs> I, I was thinking that. I thought that everyone kind of was losing here. But I, I just, I feel like Damon was doing some things that are noteworthy here that are probably going to be quite consequential for a lot of these characters down the line. Damon started the episode flying high as the conqueror of the Stepstones and in his brother's good graces and no, everything. No dragon scale, though. So. Yeah, no dragon scale. But by the end of the episode, he was just a loser all over again. Uh, Hightower obviously demoted. Rhaenyra. So I'm going to kind of uh, give a shitty answer for my winners and losers. But the losers is everybody. And the winner No is... one lost more than others, though. I feel like Otto really lost here. Otto did. But Rhaenyra did, too. Because... She's not playing. Well, and I feel like up until this point, we've been rooting for Rhaenyra. And now it's like a little bit like we see her lying to people's faces and I don't know. I, I feel like I hate to say this after the episode where she has sex. There's nothing wrong with having sex, but you kind of lose respect for her in this episode. <laughs> I guess that's the way to put it. If she were a man, would you feel the same way? Well, like let's just pretend she was a prince and did all the same things. Well, as Viserys says, it's not the sex. Like it's all the things that come with it in this society. And she has to be smarter and more strategic. It's not fair. It sucks. But it's just the way it is in this world. So she has to make better choices. And then I'm going to say for my winner, and this is again kind of a lame answer, but it's off-screen people. And I'm going to say either Lenor or uh, whoever replaces Hightower. <laughs> so they got there by accident, not, not exactly playing the game. But this is a tough episode where everybody basically just sunk down. I begrudgingly am naming Damon. I just right, I'm yeah. trying to pick someone here. So if I'm going by your rules, then I'll just be like some nameless person who has yet to who didn't screw up as badly as these people. I mean, if we had to say someone in the episode, I would say Viserys because he at least got some people out of his life. <laughs> you know, Otto's gone, Damon's gone, and yeah, cut some weeds out, perhaps. All right, we'll do our deep dive in a couple days. This is our overview episode. So just a reminder, we always do a short one where we just kind of ha have no structure, right? Just first impressions. And then we do a scene by scene one later in the week. All right, thanks for listening.